Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. It is Sunday, 28th of April. It's the last Sunday of April 2019. We'll never have another one of those. It's uh, time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. And we'll get right into the update today. I don't have any announcements or anything. Our first category, as always, is Israel. And from the Times of Israel, just a couple things that happened. Uh, we had Usama here last week. And so uh, a couple things that have gotten out, most people know about them, but I'll repeat them anyway, just so you're aware, if you aren't aware. Times of Israel, the U.S. publishes its first map showing Golan as Israeli territory. Good job. Are very proud of our president and uh, what he has done. And speaking of Vic, here he is right now. Good to have you, brother. Uh, from the Jerusalem Post, born in the Golan, U.S. passport will now say Israel. So good job. And then we have from Defense Blog, Israel reportedly used new supersonic rampage missiles during airstrikes in Syria. We talked about them just a month or two ago, and here they're in service now, blowing things up. Some sources have reported that the IAF could use, for the first time, its newest supersonic missile called the Rampage. The new missile is an accurate supersonic, long-range, air-to-ground assault missile with a warhead rocket engine and advanced navigation suite, which allows for precision targeting at a very low mission cost compared to existing solutions. Among the missile features are its ability to control and monitor the extent of its shrapnel, which will make it strike surgical, accurate, and with minimum collateral damage, despite the fact that the missile spends a lot of time in the air from the minute it is launched until it strikes its target. Good job. From the Jerusalem Post, more good news. India approves emergency purchase of Israeli-made spike missiles. The Indian Army has approved the emergency purchase of 240 spike anti-tank guided missiles made by Israel's Rafael Advanced Defense Systems to meet the immediate operational requirements. India Media has reported. The procurement followed an emergency provision that gave the Indian Army Vice Chief of Staff the authorization to purchase goods and material worth up to $72 million without having to get prior approval from the defense ministry. Israel has been supplying India with various weapon systems, missiles, and unmanned aerial vehicles over the last few years. Until recently, the transactions were kept quiet, but as ties have quietly improved, the East Asian giant has become one of the largest purchasers of Israeli military hardware with Annual defense deals topping $1 billion. So good stuff for Israel, a little nation in the middle of nowhere, which has very few of its own resources, and yet it's exporting to the world, all kinds of things. From the Times of Israel, anybody know what happened in the Ukraine this past week? Zelensky, when makes Ukraine the first country outside of Israel with the Jewish prime minister and president? Yeah, following the victory of, and I can't pronounce his first name, it's something like Vladimir Zelensky in Ukraine's presidential elections. The country will become the only one in the world besides Israel whose president and prime minister are both Jewish. 
And I checked, we have never had a Jewish president in the United States of America. We've had a Catholic president who was, um, uh, what's his name, Kennedy. And then we had a Muslim president for our last eight years before Trump. So there you go. From the Times of Israel, Israel said to reject immoral French demand to resume tax transfers to Abbas. The French asked them to Take that demand, and and, uh, Israel said it ain't going to happen. Israel has reportedly rejected an official plea from the French government to resume the transfer of tax payments to the Fakistinians and castigated Paris for what it branded an immoral demand. France sent an official letter urging Israel to change your decision to freeze the transfer of tax funds to the Fakistinians. The plea came after Israel announced that it would withhold $138 million in monthly payments to the Fakistinians to offset the Fakistinians' payments to fakes who are jailed by Israel for terrorism and violence and to the families of dead terrorists. In protest, Fakistinian Authority President Abbas said he would not accept any funds from Israel, and the Fakistinian Authority has seen since been paying its officials only a part of their monthly wages. Israel, which collects taxes on behalf of the fakes, said the terror salaries encourage further violence. The Fakistinians claim the payments are a form of welfare to families who have lost their main breadwinner. So they go and blow themselves up, kill Jews, and that's considered now welfare taking care of their families when they're the ones that are inciting this. Can we help you, ma'am? Mom's here. My mom. I mean, my wife, mom, not my mom, mom. Anyway, yeah, I I knew she was going to come late, and here she is. And she was up bright and early this morning playing with the dogs. I mean, 6 o'clock, she's out there playing with the dogs. Okay, uh, rejecting the French appeal, Israel replied that it would maintain its policy. In unusually bitter language, it also reportedly told Paris, your request is neither morally nor diplomatically right and even contradicts, here it is, the principles of European policy on the struggle against terrorism. So they have their own policies in Europe which say that we will not do this and will not do that, and it violates the own policies that they're trying to impose on the Israelis. There you go. Good job from Israel. From the Christian Post, Netanyahu wants to name Golan Heights Settlement in honor of Donald Trump. Nice stuff. We'll see where that goes, and we'll report on it when it comes out. Christian News. Breitbart. 12 French churches attacked, vandalized in one week. Now, this is from 20 March. I just wanted to remind you that this came before the burning of the Notre Dame Cathedral. A dozen Catholic churches have been desecrated across France over the period of one week in an egregious case of anti-Christian vandalism. The recent spate of church profanations has puzzled both police and ecclesiastical leaders. They're puzzled as to why this is happening, who have mostly remained silent about the violations which have spread up and down France. Now, here's what I wanted to include in there. Remember, this happened before the Notre Dame burning. It says the Catholic hierarchy has kept silent about the episodes. So they're actually to blame for what happened at Notre Dame. The Catholic hierarchy allowed these things to happen. You know, it was less than an hour before that building started burning when they were already saying that this was the construction people's fault. They, they had already determined that. Now they're trying to blame the construction on smokers instead of uh, something else because that didn't pan out. But we know where this... I, I am just certain of it. Now, you know, we don't have proof of it, but we've got the... Proof of the past is a good indication of what's going on. 
Uh, it says the Catholic hierarchy is kept silent about the episodes, limited themselves to highlighting that anti-Christian threat and expressing hope that politicians and police will get to the bottom of the crimes. Reports indicate that 80% of the desecration of places of worship in France concerns Christian churches, 80% Christian churches, and in the year 2018, this meant an average of two Christian churches per day in France, even though these actions rarely make the headlines. And so just wanted you to be aware of that. From Haaretz, church membership in the U.S. plummets over the past 20 years. Well, what do you think? You have a succession of presidents which are immoral and making immoral decisions. That's going to happen. U.S. adults who belong to a church or other religious institution has plunged by 20% over the past two decades, hitting a low of 50% last year. Among major demographic groups, the biggest drops were recorded among Democrats and Hispanics. Church membership was 70% in 1999 and close to or higher than that for the figure for the most of the 20th century. Since 1999, the figure has fallen steadily, while the percent of adults with no religious affiliation has jumped from 8 to 19%. We reported on that a week ago, the atheist numbers going way, way up. Among Americans identifying with a particular religion, there was a sharp drop in church membership among Catholics, dropping from 76 to 63% over the past two decades as the church was buffeted by clergy sex abuse scandals. Membership among Protestants dropped from 73 to 67% over the same period, a much less drop. Among Hispanic Americans, church membership dropped from 68% to 45% since 2000, a much bigger decline than for non-Hispanic, white, and black Americans because of the sex scandals probably, is my guess, because they're mostly Catholics. There was a big discrepancy over that 20-year period in regard to political affiliation. Church membership among Democrats fell from 71 to 48% compared to 77 to 69 among Republicans. Well, that doesn't hurt me at all because they're immoral anyway. I don't know why they'd be going to church. From Reuters. They what? They need, yeah, they need to go is what needs to happen. Oh, my goodness. From Reuters, Christianity grows in Syrian town once besieged by Islamic State. This is good news. A community of Syrians who converted to Christianity from Islam is growing in Kobani, a town besieged by ISIS for months and where the tide turned against the militants four years ago. The converts say the experience of war and the onslaught of a group claiming to fight for Islam pushed them toward their new faith. After a number of families converted, the Syrian-Turkish border town's first evangelical church opened last year. Though ISIS's ultra-radical interpretation of Sunni Islam has been repudiated by the Islamic mainstream, the legacy of its violence has affected perceptions of faith. Many in the mostly Kurdish areas of northern Syria, whose urban centers are often secular, say agnosticism has strengthened, and in the case of Kobani, Christianity. Christianity is one of the region's minority faiths that was persecuted by the IS. Critics view the new converts with suspicion, accusing them of seeking personal gains such as financial help from Christian organizations working in the region, jobs, and enhanced prospects of emigration to European countries. The newly converted Christians of Kobani deny those accusations. They say their conversion was a matter of faith. 
After the war with the Islamic State, people were looking for the right path and distancing themselves from Islam, says Omar Firas, the founder of Kobani's Evangelical Church. People were scared and felt lost. And I would also say that you know that this is a true conversion in most of the cases because they are now under a death sentence for having converted from Islam. So people don't do that unless they do it for a real valid reason. From the Christian Times, less than half of British Christians believe Jesus died on the cross for their sins. Well, that means they're not Christians because that is the fundamental tenet of Christianity is believing that Christ died for our sins. Therefore, speaking about that, Numbers 19, 11 through 22, we did the red heifer a week ago, and now we have the water of purification, the second half of that marvelous passage. If you want to know what the red heifer is picturing in the Bible, it's not all that goofy stuff you read in the news about what the Jews are doing now. You'll find out what it's picturing. It's dealing with exactly this title right here, the death of Jesus Christ and how that cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Watch the sermon. You know what, as a matter of fact, I'll give my plug that I do from time to time. Is I, again, I got another couple emails over the past couple weeks of people that said, I finally took your challenge to start watching the sermons. I'm watching a lot less Prophecy Updates. I'm actually hooked. And they're saying they've started in Genesis and they're now up to Exodus. Some of them are in Exodus and are now up to Numbers. Some of them have watched the Jonah and the um, Ruth and the Esther sermons and they understand now the need for theology instead of watching a bunch of goofy stuff on the internet we would ask you to continue to watch the superior word prophecy update because it's filled with valuable information but at the same time we would ask you to cut a couple other prophecy updates and watch these sermons you want to know theology you're not going to learn about the red heifer reading breaking israel news you're not going to learn about it reading the times of israel you're going to learn about it by understanding how it points to Jesus Christ, and you're only going to find that out from the superior word. Okay, there's my plug. Um, from uh, Jihad Watch, Macron came out just a day ago, the guy in France, says Notre Dame should be rebuilt in line with diversity. Architects suggest an Islamic minaret be included. Now try that with the next mosque that they build in France. Tell them that they have to have a Christian uh, nave there in their uh, sanctuary and see if that goes through. It won't. But they're suggesting this for a Christian or a supposed Christian church. There you go. From Islam today, from The Guardian, U.S. toughened stance on Iran, ending exemptions from oil sanctions. Good job, U.S. The U.S. has announced it will no longer exempt countries from sanctions that aim to impose a complete oil embargo on Iran. Officials said the Trump admin would not renew any of the sanctions waivers granted to a handful of countries, including China, India, Turkey, Japan, and South Korea, when these waivers expire on 2 May, a couple more days from now. Today, I am announcing that we will no longer grant any exemptions, Mike Pompeo said. We're going to zero. We will continue to enforce sanctions and monitor compliance. Any nation or entity interacting with Iran should do its diligence and err on the side of caution. The risks are simply not going to be worth the benefits. In other words, if you violate this, we're cutting you off, and they're not going to do that. So Iran is going to find itself where it should have been and where it should have stayed for years under the previous administration. From Bloomberg, 
Iran raises stakes in U.S. showdown with threat to close Hormuz. Ooh, no. Iran will close the Strait of Hormuz, a waterway vital for global oil shipments, if the country is prevented from using it, a senior military official said in what appears to be a response to the U.S. plan to end waivers on Iranian oil exports. If we are prevented from using it, we will close it, the state-run FARS news agency reported, citing the head of the Revolutionary Guard Corps Naval Force. In the event of any threats, we will not have the slightest hesitation to protect and defend Iran's waterway. The strait is a narrow waterway carrying a fifth of the world's traded oil that Iranian officials have threatened to block in retaliation for sanctions targeting the country's nuclear program. The U.S. has said it would move to stop any Iranian attempt to block the waterway. Serious times are ahead. We'll see where it goes. We have a couple of, uh, what do you call them, aircraft carriers that happen to be in the area right now, plus some other warships. And we're getting ready for whatever Iran says they're going to do. We'll see. From uh, Times of Israel. Iran appoints fiery general who vows to destroy Israel as new IRGC head. Iran's supreme leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei shuffled the top ranks of the hardline Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, appointing the deputy chief of the hardline force as its top leader. Brigadier General Hossein Salami Baloney, yes, he's been promoted, was made commander of the IRGC, replacing Major General Ali Jafari, who has headed the military force since 2007. Salami Baloney has frequently vowed to destroy Israel and break America. He also said Iran has warned the Zionist regime to not play with fire because they will be destroyed before the U.S. helps them out. Any new war, he said, will result in Israel's defeat within, here it is, three days in a way that they will not find enough graves to bury their dead. When I would proclaim that it's exactly the opposite because we know that they're coming. Let me pull this out just so you're all aware of what the Bible says on this particular issue. We'll take a little diversion. I should have prepared this, but it just came to mind right now. So we're going to go to um, Ezekiel 39 which is after this big war, which is coming soon to a big war near you. And it says here in Ezekiel 39, uh, let me take you down a little bit more. You shall fall upon the mountains of Israel, you and all your, this is verse 4, uh, all your troops and the peoples who are with you. I will give you to the birds of prey of every sort and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. You shall fall on the open field, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. Then I will send fire on Magog and on those who live in security in the coastlands. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Then the nations shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Verse 8, surely it is coming, and it shall be done, says the Lord God. This is the day of which I have spoken. Then those who dwell in the cities will go out and set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and bucklers, the bows and arrows, the javelins and spears, and they will make fires with them for seven years. They will not take wood from the field nor cut down any of the forests because they will make fires with the weapons and they will plunder those who plundered them and pillage those who pillaged them, says the Lord God. And here it goes exactly the opposite of what he just proclaimed in that uh, Prophecy Update article. It says, it will come to pass in that day that I will give Gog a burial place there in Israel, the valley of those who pass by east of the sea, 
and it will obstruct travelers because there they will bury Gog and all his multitude. Therefore, they will call it the Valley of Hamongog. For seven months, the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. Indeed, all the people of the land will be burying and they will gain renown for it on the day that I am glorified, says the Lord God. They will set apart men regularly employed with the help of a search party to pass through the land and bury those bodies remaining on the ground in order to cleanse it. At the end of seven months, they will make a search. The search party will pass through the land, and when anyone sees a man's bone, where is that relevant? Anybody? Can you guess where that's relevant? In our sermon today, a man's bone. What is this pointing to? Numbers 19, 11 through 22, the water of purification. I refer to this right here. Um, but it's exactly what this guy is speaking about. It says a man's bone. He shall set up a marker by it till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Hamongog. Why would it say that about a man's bone? Pay attention to the sermon and you'll find out. Okay, we'll just stop right there. But you get the picture. Bad news for Iran is coming soon to a war near them. Okay, let's see here. Um, from the Jerusalem Post, U.S. offering $10 million for info on Hezbollah's financial mechanisms. If any of you are aware of how they work their finances, you want to make $10 bucks, report them. A new program will offer up to $10 million in rewards for information leading to disruption of global financial mechanisms of Hezbollah, the U.S. Department of State announced. It is the first time that the department is offering a reward for info regarding Hezbollah's financial networks. According to a December 2017 Forbes Israel report, Hezbollah is the richest terror organization in the world with an estimated annual income of $1.1 billion. The organization's revenue comes from a combination of Iranian support, business investments, donor networks, and money laundering activities. The State Department designated Hezbollah a foreign terrorist organization in October of 1997 and as a specially designated global terrorist in October of 2001. According to the State Department's announcement, the rewards could be provided for information that would lead to the identification and disruption of a source of revenue for Hezbollah or its fundamental financial facilitation mechanisms. Major Hezbollah donors or financial facilitators, financial institutions or exchange houses facilitating Hezbollah transactions and businesses or investments owned or controlled by Hezbollah or its financiers. That's a big step for them. I'm glad to see that, and I'm reading this because maybe somebody knows how to hack into that and figure it out. If you do, please remember us at the Superior Word and send us a lunch one day or something, okay? From Zero Hedge, ISIS says behind Sri Lanka bombings was, here it goes, retaliation for New Zealand mosque massacre. Now, how do we know that's not true? Because they've identified that these people have been radicalized over the past many years and they've been planning this for a long time. So they just threw something out there and of course the press runs with it, but it's not true at all. It's 100% untrue. They're out there just to be miscreants. Okay, from Mongolia today, from Montsame, fossils of new genus of hadrosauroid dinosaur found in Mongolia. Skeletal remains of a new genus of hadrosauroid dinosaur, which is the Gobi hadros mongolianensis, was discovered from the Bayan Sheri formation. 
a nearly complete skull and skeleton, as well as an extensive referred material, were unearthed at the site, according to a study released on April 17th by the Paleontology and Geology Institute, Mongolian Academy of Sciences. The newly discovered species is related to the dinosaur family Hadrosauridae, from the late Cretaceous period. The new genus doesn't quite fit into the family anatomically, but it is very similar in a lot of ways. So there you go, something kind of interesting out of Mongolia. From Daniel, and that was all that was interesting out of Mongolia this week. I mean, I looked for hours and couldn't find anything, and then that article popped up, and I was like, yes. (laughs) Okay, from Daniel, so you know why I highlight them is because they're so remote and they're so, you know, that it's just something that shows that we span the whole world in this prophecy update. Okay, from Daniel 12 Technology. Mail Online. Game that trains your brain by showing you real-time scan of your mind at work can boost your mental skills in less than an hour. This is interesting. Researchers asked 36 healthy adults to imagine moving their left hand. Half were shown a display if they were activating the right parts of their brains. The others were given false readings as a placebo to confirm the game's impact. Activity in the brains of those who weren't given the placebo were stronger. And the training strengthened the default mode network, a brain network that is damaged after a stroke, Parkinson's, and depression. These changes were not seen in the control group who were given the placebo. In other words, what they do is they put them in an MRI, and they tell them to do this and that while they are watching their brain work. And as they see how their brain works, they actually strengthen their brain and what's going on. It's like, um, what can we equate that to? Um, Well, I can't think of anything, but when you see one thing and you're able to learn by watching it, you can learn by watching how your brain reacts, in other words. Very interesting. So if you've had, say, Parkinson's or uh, severe depression and it's damaged your brain and you see how your brain is responding with your left hand, you say, oh, that works. I know it's causing that to work, and so I'm going to continue to do this, and you learn that way. Anyway, if you didn't get that, I can't help you. Mail online. (laughs) Parkinson's implant boosts the ability to walk as cutting-edge treatment restores movement to patients who were previously left Housebound. Housebound sufferers of Parkinson's disease are able to walk freely after the treatment. Patients received electrical stimulation to their spines through an implant. The newly developed implant boosts the signal sent from the brain to the limbs and vice versa. Great stuff. And from End Gadget, presidential candidate Andrew Yang will use 3D holograms for remote rallies. Think of the, the uh, you know, the beast in that's, uh, I can't remember the exact terminology in the book of Revelation. Everybody's got to bow down and worship the image of the beast, right? Okay. Think of that. Democrat presidential candidate Andrew Yang, who doesn't stand a chance, so he revealed this week that he's planning to use a 3D hologram to hold campaign rallies in multiple cities at the same time. That will give him the chance that he otherwise doesn't stand, okay? Yang plans to use the hologram broadcast from the back of a truck to deliver a recorded version of his stump speech to crowds in battleground states. Yang would set up a studio and remotely beam into the rally to answer questions live and in real time after the speech is finished. The technique could save Yang a long shot from the Democrat 
nomination at this point, a considerable amount of travel costs while helping to rally supporters and generate interest in key areas. And, you know, you get the millennials on there and they're all interested. They, the surge begins or something, I guess is what he's intending. But my question is, is it Yang or is it, or is it Ying? Yeah. Yin or Yang. There you go. Okay, from Revelation Plagues. I could see you were about to say something. I and was, I, oh, I gosh. Was. Okay, uh, great minds think alike, and that's not me, so you're in trouble. Um, <laughs> Revelation Plagues today from the South China Morning Post. China's pork industry under threat as African swine fever spreads to all provinces, the entire country. The Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs has said 146 pigs had died from the highly contagious virus at its six farms in the southernmost province of Hainan. The first confirmed cases on the tropical island were reported when officials said 77 pigs had died from the disease at four farms. The cases in Hainan mean the virus has spread to all 31 mainland provinces, municipalities, and autonomous regions in less than nine months since it was first confirmed at a pig farm not far from China's border with Russia. So it's gone from the north all the way to the south. China raises about half half the world's pigs. And the spread of African swine fever is causing huge disruption to the supply of pork in the country. Financial services firm Rabobank estimated that up to 200 million pigs, nearly half the number in China, could be culled or die from the disease during the epidemic, saying that there was not enough pork in the whole world combined to fill the potential supply shortfall. The price of pork had already shot up in March and could rise by as much as 70% in the second half of this year. With a reduced pork supply at home, China has to buy more from overseas. In the first two months of the year, the country's pork imports increased 10% to 207,000 tons. So that means just because it happens in China doesn't mean it doesn't affect us here. In fact, it affects us greatly because they're willing to pay for it. Our prices have gone up, and it's going to continue. No bacon. Sorry. No bacon for you, buddy. No bacon for you. From Zero Hedge, pig shorts get slaughtered. Pork prices are soaring around the globe. There you go. One thing affects another. The pig panic has gone global. And as Bloomberg writes, as a result of the crippling virus that has decimated China's hog industry, everything from barbecue to whatever chorizo is and German bratwurst will be sharply more expensive in the coming months. With Chinese pigs getting slaughtered left and right to contain the African swine fever, so are pork shorts as meat processors around the world scrambling to sell more pork to China to make up for sharp shortages of China's most popular protein. The consequence is tighter supplies in the U.S. and Europe, which is pushing up prices. And as the disease continues to spread throughout China, the world's largest producer and consumer, the trend will only get worse. Finally, it's not just China that's grappling with the spread of disease. Pork prices may soar even more as fears spread in Europe that the virus, which was detected in wild boars in Belgium last year, could infect domestic hogs in major exporters such as France and Germany. France is in the process of building a fence running dozens of kilometers near the border in an effort to contain the disease. Unfortunately, in a stark comparison to similar fortifications undertaken during World War II, this venture will fail spectacularly. So there you go. Bad stuff in the pork area, and that is just being set up for the end times right there. Morality today. Yes. From the Independent, 
Canada launches new coin to mark 50 years of LGBT rights. I had announced that was coming. They published it finally this past week. It's got a picture of two guys kissing on the national currency of Canada. Disgusting, vulgar, vile. From CBS, Naval Academy to ban transgender students starting in fall 2020. The U.S. Naval Academy will ban people who are transgender from attending the school, beginning with the 2020 school year. The school in Annapolis, Maryland, currently accepts transgender students and retains midshipmen who transition to another gender. The new policy applies to students enrolled in the 20 and 21 school year and beyond. The Obama admin lifted restrictions on transgender service members in 2016. It allowed them to serve openly and cover gender affirmation surgery. The controversial ban announced by President Trump in 2017 went into effect earlier this month. The new regulation keeps transgender troops from serving in the nation's military openly and also blocks all use of DOD or DHS resources to fund sex reassignment surgical procedures. Great news. The DOD says people can serve if they remain their biological sex. The estimate that nearly 15,000 troops identify as transgender and could potentially be impacted by the policy. Under the new policy, any person who has been diagnosed with gender dysphoria and has received medical treatment, either hormones or surgery, will not be allowed to join the military. If they have been diagnosed but have not received medical treatment, they will still be eligible to join. This is great news, but it'll last as long as our president is in, and the next time we get a lib in the presidency, it'll go right back. From the Christian Post, I'm sorry, from Mail Online, transgender adults are more likely to be smokers, uninsured, suffer mental distress, and report being in poor health, a study finds. What do you expect? Researchers surveyed transgender adults and adults who are cisgender, meaning they identify as the sex they were assigned at birth. Transgender people were 30% more likely to report being in fair or poor health. They were also more likely to be current smokers, uninsured, and sedentary. Survey results show transgender adults were 66% more likely to report receiving severe mental distress. Well, if you're crazy already, that just adds to it. From the Christian Post, a third of pregnancies for women in early 20s aborted in England and Wales. A third of all pregnancies in England and Wales. From CBN, this is good news. Almost 100 abortion clinic workers seek to leave the industry after seeing the pro-life movie Unplanned. Hats off to those 100 people. From our other category, from BI, Starbucks is installing needle disposal boxes in locations across America following OSHA penalties and worker concerns about drug use in bathrooms. This made all of the news, but I'm leading it into another article. Starbucks stores in at least 25 U.S. markets have installed needle disposal boxes in bathrooms in recent months. By summer, the chain aims to have installed sharps boxes and bathrooms in all regions where such action has been deemed necessary. The coffee giant also allows local district managers or store managers to put in requests to have sharps disposal boxes installed in their locations' bathrooms. 
Starbucks has been testing solutions recently as workers' safety concerns have mounted. With thousands of employees signing a petition calling for Starbucks to place needle disposal boxes in high-risk bathrooms, according to the Seattle Starbucks worker and other employees at the coffee giant who have worked in urban locations, encountering syringes on the job is a fact of life. Why anybody would go there, I have no idea. Allowing that type of a policy saying, come in, sleep in here, take your drugs in here. I wouldn't ever go into Starbucks. I wouldn't go in there anyway just because of their, they were the forerunners of the perversion that's going on in this nation supporting these gay rights issues and stuff. But I wouldn't go in there for that reason especially. From Zero Hedge, San Francisco Needle Exchange leaves streets littered with toxic syringes. San Francisco officials are debating if they should continue a needle exchange program that has left city streets littered with hazardous waste. San Francisco Board, how stupid are they? Should we continue doing this? San Francisco Board of Supervisors expects to approve a seven-year extension of the exchange program. It could cost taxpayers a whopping $26 million. The city launched syringe cleanup crews last summer that collected 90,000 syringes from city streets, wait a minute, it gets worse, in its 180 days on the job. In 2017, the exchange program distributed 5.3 million syringes and collected only 3.3 million, a 62% return rate. That means there's 2 million syringes that are just laying out there. 2 million are lurking in the streets of San Francisco. Of the 3.3 million collected, 59,000 were discarded into syringe disposal kiosks. So you have a syringe disposal kiosk, you, you pay for that too, and only 59,000 of 5.3 million were actually put in those boxes. You think these people care about that? Okay, it goes on. And 107,136 collected by cleanup sweep teams that operate seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. respond to calls and texts from residents requesting needle cleanups. Now get this, they're paying these people 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. to go out and pick up needles and they have the exact number, listen to this again, 107,136 needles they picked up. So they had somebody sit and count every needle that they picked up. That guy probably got paid 50 bucks an hour to do that too. And the entire thing is crazy. Let's go on. Kill two birds with one stone. Kill two birds with one stone. Pick up the human waste. Yeah, oh, that's coming. That's coming. In 2018, the program handed out 5.8 and collected 3.8 million. There are about 24,500 injection drug addicts floating around San Francisco last year. These addicts use several needles per day. Improperly discarded syringes are a public health, quality of life, and public perception issue, said a description of the planned audit. There is a need for a coordinated approach to measure how well the city is doing in its syringe recovery efforts and to determine how or if San Francisco residents and visitors are better off as a result of these services. 24,000 people, 5.3 million needles, 2 million of them are still out there on the streets. I'd say not so well, okay? And here's something about San Francisco. You cannot have a straw in San Francisco, but you can have all of the free needles you want and you can do whatever you want with them. But if you throw a straw on the street, you will go to jail. From Business Insider, people are pooping more than ever on the streets of San Francisco. From Fox, Pelosi's district, 132,562, they counted these too, human waste incidents reported in far left San Francisco. 
They counted all of them. Zero Hedge. New Jersey governor wants to punish low-income gun owners with insane new fees. This ought to just be completely unconstitutional. I can see it going through, though. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy wants to significantly increase the cost of owning a gun in the state, proposing fees that would be among the highest in the country. Currently, a firearm identification costs $5. A permit to own a gun costs $2. And a permit to carry a gun costs just $20. Here we go. Murphy wants to raise that to $100 for the ID, $50 to own a gun, and $400 to carry. In addition, Murphy wants to slap a 10% excise tax on ammunition and a 2.5% firearms excise tax. This ought to be completely, completely outlawed against the Second Amendment of the United States of America. Zero hedge. Kamala Harris vows to impose sweeping gun control plan via executive action. Mail online. Mexico hit by 8,493 assassinations in the first three months of 2019, marking the country's deadliest trimester on record as gang violence spirals. Imagine that. I got a lesser here for you. Can you tell what we're talking about? Is it live or just Memorex, you ask? Andrew Yang will take voters to task. You cannot shake his hand, but he'll cover the land by appearing in electronic mask. Good job, guys. Okay, I got a couple of ironies here for you. This is entitled, One Too Many. Okay, One Too Many. Mail online. It's bad, I know, but it is ironic. Drunk man who survived car crash on the way home from a party dies minutes later after falling face first into a puddle and drowning. One too many. Okay, and the second one, one too many. Mail online. Two drunk twin brothers, one too many, two drunk twin brothers driving separate vehicles, both crash into police car during highway investigation of earlier fatal accident. One too many, such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word, and that is your Prophecy Update for the week.